This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you in part by ButcherBox. For free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com GOG and enter promo code GOG. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is also brought to you in part by Hover. Go to hover.com GOG to get 10% off of your first purchase. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. So a little follow-up. I found this one over at Gizmodo. Nearly every real FCC public comment support that supported net neutrality, it was all real. The, the right. fake ones, all the, the fake, fake ones, ones said, oh, we don't need this net neutrality thing. Yeah. Once they took out the fake ones, almost everybody said, we want to keep net neutrality. How about them apples? Does it matter? Apparently nope. not. <laughs> no, it does not matter what the people want. So, yeah, it is what it is. Now, where are we at with that? It is officially dead, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, good to know that the, you know, this, uh, this old public platform of communication is working so well for us. <laughs> yeah. Communicating with the Federal Communications Commission is apparently <laughs> something that they haven't figured out. Yeah. In the news... Well, speaking of losing, uh, I thought this uh, this uh, study was really interesting. Uh, let's see, so the Sandra Matz at the Columbia Business School and Joe Gladstone at the School of Management at the University College of London did some research on why nice guys finish last. Oh, really? <laughs> now, what they found out that agreeableness, which apparently is a measurable trait, is associated with bad financial outcomes. They have lower people who score high on agreeable have lower incomes and worse credit scores. The prevailing wisdom was that they just don't try hard enough and uh, all of that. But the reality that they have found out here is agreeable people are less financially successful simply because they care less about money than grouchy bastards do. Okay, because I, I, I'm a failure at you know life and in finance, and I'm grouchy as hell. I should be rich. What's going on? Edge case, Jason. I'm edge an edge case. case. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, so it says being kind and trusting has financial costs, especially for those who do not have the means to compensate for their personalities. So uh, if you're a super agreeable, nice guy and you have, you're have you happy enough with your lot in life, you just don't end up working quite as much or as hard to or as, as much of a jerk uh, to get out there and do it as we seem to need to do in this day, in this day and age of the rat race and the side hustle. Hmm. I don't know about this one. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this. That I like this idea a lot better than uh, than they're just uh, getting creamed. So, yeah, hey, nice guys. Enjoy your life more. Enjoy your life. I'm just gonna still be a dick. That's pretty <laughs> much how it goes. I'm grumpy because I'm broke. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a never ending circle, Jason. It really is. It really is. It's a it's a flat circle. Oh man, uh, Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen has died at 65. Way too young. Way too young. And uh, yeah, I mean, I. I uh, this one kind of got to me a little bit. You know, we, we spend a lot of time and our effort and our energy and our feelings for, for the people in the entertainment sphere that have kind of uh, made our lives and uh, especially our youth. But uh, Microsoft was as big a part of my youth as, as any musician was or any TV or, or film star. Um, so this is this is like a major celebrity passing away for me. Yep. Yep. And that's, you know, I, I made a tweet this week. I'm like, work really hard, get really rich, die anyway. 
Well, it's kind of it's kind of sad. It's like, oh, work your whole life, can make all this money, and then just fall over at sixty five. It's too bad. This is a this is this seem we seem to have a theme for this episode, which is sadness porn. <laughs> <laughs> no, game I'm already of, super. Bu- we're thirty seconds into this damn thing, and I'm bummed out already. <laughs> oh come on, man! Game of Thrones isn't back yet. So uh, that's that's happy compared to this podcast so far. <laughs> well, let's that's keep goddamn it. circuses. Well, let's keep it going here. Okay. Uh, Facebook says Russian firms were scraping some data from them. Go figure. I thought that's yeah. what Facebook was for. Well, Facebook told us that after we kind of all already knew it, and they were forced to tell us that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. They didn't exactly come out and tell us something we weren't sure about. Yeah, and uh, it, it's interesting because they were using some of these uh, these scrapers to get facial recognition info because oh, everybody's tagged on the pictures nowadays. You can get yes. all that info on who's in the pictures and then recreate the databases later yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I just I just like it. The uh they removed all the accounts associated with Social Data Hub and its sister firm, Fubu Tech. Fubu Tech. Now isn't Fubu the clothing line from Damon John? Is he like did he move to Russia? Is he Comrade John now? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they're probably not related. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. But I do like this too. Friday Facebook gave the companies until Friday to detail what data they had taken and then delete it all. <laughs> Because I'm sure they're going to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how are they going to prove it? Yeah, oh, yes, exactly. comrade. <laughs> yes, we deleted it. Never mind those USB drives over in the corner that we backed everything up to. Exactly. Yes. Well, Facebook is in the news for more things this week. Uh, we talked a bit about the portal last week, which is the Facebook uh, Amazon version of a show uh, with, you know, because we trust Facebook so much. So we want a talking smart woman in a tube with a screen and a camera and all that from Facebook sitting around in our houses everywhere. And uh, when I guess they initially talked about this with with Recode, uh, an interviewer over there, they said uh, that no data would be collected through Portal. uh, And uh, we're not going to use any of this information to target you with ads. Turns out, turns out, not true. <laughs> where's that other shoe? Yes, turns out that they're not going to target you with ads on the portal device itself, but they will use data collected through portal to target you with ads on other Facebook owned properties. Yeah, all of them. It's all of them. <laughs> so that's awesome. By the way, if I buy a device like a portal and I get an ad on it, I'm going to be friggin' pissed. Like I purchased this thing. We don't get, uh, well, we kind of do get well, we don't get ads <laughs> on the Amazon show. We get suggestions about things to try. So it's right. It's so bad. But. I get ads on my Kindle because I took the the version, the cheaper version with offers, special offers. Right. Which well, that, and that's fair. Me. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's a that's a financial choice that we're making. But again, like if I were to purchase a portal, I'd be really pissed if ads popped up on it. Yeah, especially for the use case of it. That's for mm-hmm. damn sure. Yeah. And in interesting birthday news, IRC has turned 30. Is it still out there and running? Oh, hell yeah. It's not, it's, really? Oh, yeah. I guess it's a distributed network, isn't it? Yeah. You just you can spin <laughs> up an IRC server anytime you want. Yeah. Well, that's great. Is anybody on it anymore? Or is it just you, Jason, screaming into the void? <laughs> well, I, I, what was the name of the damn app that I used to use? I can't remember. But uh, I was on there for a, a long time. As were we all. Yeah, I hung out in Joey Ito's channel a lot because there were a bunch of us who, you know, in his orbit who would always hang out there. Yeah, I don't even, I, I'm just looking, I don't even have an IRC client installed on on this Mac because why? Yeah. Yeah, why? Exactly. I mean, I was much more saddened by the loss of uh, of um, AOL Messenger and all of those sorts of things. Um, that saddened me to great 
detail because there were still a lot of people that I had in my contact list that uh, I don't really know anywhere else. And uh, they all just kind of went away. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I was on AIM for years. I even had that AIM BlackBerry device, yeah. mm-hmm. which was cool as hell. I loved that thing. Now I have a smartphone, so I don't need it. But it was really fun to have, like, the pager on AIM. Uh, but eventually everybody just went away. You, there was nobody left. There was nobody to talk to. And I, yeah, that's you know. true. Nobody was really logging in anymore and it was all just straight text or, or Facebook messenger or whatever these days. So there's no lack of ways for us to get in touch with each other and piss each other off. Yeah. Colloquy was the one I was thinking of. That's the, uh, the Mac IRC client that I always used and, uh, it worked. I mean, but the, the great thing is go check out their, uh, their website. It is definitely old school. <laughs> no updates happening here. Yeah. Oh, and it says uh, when I, when I just went to the the main thing, it says "Welcome Safari user" in the upper right. I'm like, but I'm on Opera. Oh yeah, I got that too. <laughs> yeah. Old school. I miss old school. I miss old school tech sometimes. Hmm. We can never go back. We can never go back. And uh, this from the L.A. Times: So many people have had their DNA sequenced that they've put other people's privacy in jeopardy. This is basically the story of my life. Stupid people ruin everything for me. That's it. That's it. No matter, no matter how hard I try to protect my own domain, you damn kids keep getting on my lawn. Well, I mean, it's a good thing you're not a, a serial killer like the Golden State Killer, you know. So you're probably not going to at least go to jail because that's one what of you your cousins. think so far. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the, yeah, you're out on a quote unquote bike ride every day. <laughs> I get my Dexter kill bike on. Yeah, it puts the lotion on the bicycle. <laughs> but what I find interesting is more than one million Americans have already published their genetic information and dozens more do so every day. And uh, the researchers behind the new study say that once three million Americans have uploaded their genomes to public genealogy websites, nearly everyone in the U.S. would be identified by their DNA, just their DNA alone and just by a few additional cues. And this is how shit happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how we're going to trace something really, really bad back to this exact inflection point right here. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that drives me crazy about this article is more than one millions, one million Americans have already published their genetic information and dozens more do so every day. No, those Americans did not publish their own genetic <laughs> information. The company that they gave it to is publishing it. That's true. That's true. They just didn't. They couldn't. The Americans could not find the checkbox to say, yes, don't the, publish my data. Yes, because there isn't one. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So there's that. I, I warned you all, people. Nobody yeah. listens to me. And in other sad news, uh, Sears is declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> Go figure. I know. It's it's amazing that they were actually still around. But it was, I mean, talk about a seminal moment for, for American history. I mean, Sears was everything. I still, it definitely, you know, way back in the day. It's a 132-year-old company. Yep. Um, but I remember going through the Sears catalog as a kid, especially around Christmas time. Want this, want this, want this. So yep. it's, it's a little sad to see them going. Um, they're not going to close completely, and they also kind of own Kmart now. So Sears Holdings is the parent company of Sears and Kmart. Um, they're going to keep open profitable stores, but it's a very small amount of them. So we're going to lose a whole bunch of stores and a whole bunch of employees. And yep. That's, that's a little sad. They were actually that's... revamping the Sears in the Oakbrook Mall before I left Chicago. And I mm-hmm. have been going to that. I've been going to that exact store for, oh, God. I got okay. Here's how I date that. <laughs> I got my Prodigy account at that Sears store when I got a Discover <laughs> card. They gave me a, a trial to my Prodigy account, 
And and by that point, I'd been With going the there for five card. years. <laughs> yeah. Now I know Discover Card is still out there, but come on, people, who the hell has a Discover Card? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it up, guys. Give it up. But yeah, it was. Uh, I I miss Sears and and that catalog, man. That was great. Especially, was especially when I hit puberty and found the lingerie section. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Of course. Now, another <laughs> sad news and not surprising news. Uh, for nearly 20 years, Silicon Valley has led the nation in economic growth. However, shockingly, here comes the other shoe. Most of its workers have been excluded from reaping the rewards of this boom. Nine in 10 workers <clears throat> in the California region make less than they did in 1997 after adjusting for inflation, according to a new report. So how's that economy 2.0 doing yeah it just bubbles up to the top and a few people get rich while everybody else gets screwed exactly authors of the report are pointing to an increasing concentration of company profits going towards the salaries of a select few yeah that's that's how it works you know that is how it works when we let it all just kind of go the way it's gonna go and in like the early 2000s when i was at technorati man i was making bank back then and then yeah now, my Technorati stock is literally in a frame in my bathroom that says, in case of emergency, break glass. Because so toilet paper is a all cup of sweet. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple different points in the study. It's kind of an interesting thing. The, sh- the link's in the show notes, but it's nothing we haven't been saying, and it's not surprising. It's just more proof that we're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay and then i found this article because we haven't we we had what i'd say two years ago was the year of the drone on the show where we just talked about drones endlessly and they've kind of gone away for a little bit but uh something interesting has happened uh the there's this legislation that's just been passed which includes the preventing emergency threat acts of 2018 which authorizes the department of justice and the department of homeland security to air quotes take actions and air quotes, mitigate a credible threat as defined by the secretary or the attorney general in consultation with the secretary of transportation that an unmined aircraft system or unmanned aircraft poses to the safety or security of a covered facility or asset. This uh, problem with all this is none of this stuff is defined, but basically they're saying they basically have far reaching abilities and rights to now just blow drones out of the sky if they want to. Yeah, that's about it. So, so when you got a drone coming at something, uh, how many calls are going to be made here? Because you got to get the secretary of transportation on the phone, the attorney general, uh, the secretary. You got to get all these people on the phone, and while the drone is right overhead, no, that's not going to happen. They're just going to shoot it down. Yeah, yeah. Use one of their, you know, their new toys, like they used on Game of Thrones. They actually were using that. I don't know if you heard that story. I should. I thought uh, the, the, I did see that story. I didn't think that they just shot them down. They had some sort of technology that killed the power on them, so they just fell. Yeah, I think it Was just cut the, off the like the RF signal, and it just like which, dropped. <laughs> again, that's all you need to do. Put that around Disneyland. Put that around your your you know your uh, stadiums and whatnot, and just there you go. There's, no fly zones become literally you cannot fly over them zones. Exactly until they come up with better shielded drones. Exactly. Do you ever hear of this app called Donald Daters? I only heard about this because something bad happened and liberal media, which I enjoy, jumped all over it. Of course. Yes, <laughs> it's a dating app for Trump supporters. And of course, it was leaking user data. The first day. First day. <laughs> and on launch day, they had about 1,600 users. And counting, yeah. of course. I was going and up. Counting. But yeah, uh, the the people who uh, built the app did not comment on this, but it's pretty funny. And at the bottom, it says, according to the app's website, all your personal information is kept private, except as it happens when it's not. All of your personal <laughs> information. Yeah, included users' names, profile pictures, device type, private messages, and access tokens, which can be used to take over the accounts. The entire database was just ass out in the wind. Of course it is. Yeah. 
Oh, my God. Magic Leap is in the news this week. They had their first conference. Okay. Have you gotten to see some of the uh, the demos? <laughs> can you ju- can you judge a VR demo by just watching a video of somebody going woo? <laughs> well, they do show some of the you know in camera in camera stuff that you can see. Yeah, it looks all right. I mean, it's just pricey, man. It's twenty five hundred bucks just for the dev kit. Yeah, it's extremely expensive. Uh, it'll all come down in the years to come, and I assume it'll get better. But uh, this is hardly the magic leap that Magic Leap has been telling us they're going to be leaping. Exactly. And I love I love this title over at The Verge. Magic Leap's conference teases the thrilling potential of what its hardware can't yet provide. <laughs> hey, truth in journalism for once. Yeah, yeah. A glimpse at what could be possible one day. Okay. Isn't this one of, one of our biggest peeves uh, on this show is all these companies that tell you what they're going to do someday, maybe, perhaps, instead of telling you what they actually do right now. Exactly. You know, it's going to be it's going to be magical. It's going to be magical. This podcast, when we have 20 gazillion <laughs> listeners, is going to have the best production values. It's going to be the biggest podcast, the best podcast, the most viral podcast ever. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you in part by Hover. Now, I've been a domain buyer for years. I mean, like over 20 years, a very, very long time. I don't know if you guys knew this, but when the web first started, Everybody was trying to get a domain, but there was only one company that you could get it from, and they were the devil. I won't mention their name lest they come back from the the bowels of hell and reincarnate, but it was terrible. It was a terrible situation. It was impossible to get your domains out, and you could only get three TLDs back then. You could get .org, .net, and .com. Nowadays, though, we have Hover. Hover is the domain service that I always wanted, and nowadays, you have to have a domain. It doesn't matter who you are. You need your own domain just in case. And if you have a passion or a business, you definitely need your own domain. I'm going to tell you some things about Hover right now. They are awesome. No upsells and a super clean user interface, which really is the, you you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever bought a domain from one of those bargain basement domainers, you come out of there with like 17 upsells, hosting packages, all this other crap that is just terrible and no domain. They're just unusable. But that's why I love Hover. No upsells, clean user interface, best-in-class customer support team. You try and get in touch with some of these other domain companies. You can't. You're on hold for hours. You call Hover, somebody picks up the phone, and they help you immediately. It is awesome. And now they've got Hover Connect, which is a feature that allows you to connect your domain to many, many website builders with just a few clicks. And they're adding more all the time. And you can get personalized email straight through Hover that matches your domain and further supports your online identity. And that's what we want. We don't want no crappy Hotmail or AOL email addresses. It's just embarrassing. And you get free who is privacy. So when somebody looks you up, they can't find you, which is great. I've had people, mainly bill collectors, show up at my door sometimes because they just did a who is on my main domain. Nowadays, that can't happen. It's awesome. And Hover has over 400 domain name extensions to choose from, including all the classics and, of course, the new fun niche extensions. I highly recommend checking them out because nowadays you don't even have to get a .com anymore. It used to be, oh, my God, I have to get a .com or it's nothing. Nope. Nowadays you can have really cool, fun domains and nobody will bat an eye at it. It's great. So what you want to do is get started today. You want to go to Hover.com slash GOG and get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hover.com slash GOG. 
And I recommend you go buy at least five or six domains because everybody's got some ideas that they want to turn into a website or a product or a Kickstarter. Get your own domain and cover your butt with that. 10% off your first purchase. Hover.com slash GOG. Media Candy. I got very, very excited. I, I was worried. I'm always worried when one of my favorite books has come up for an adaptation on TV. But I did watch the trailer. Oh, I'm also worried because it's Amazon. Other than uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel, I haven't liked anything Amazon's done. Amazon's Good Omens. From Neil Gaiman. Sadly, they did not give uh, what's-his-face credit, Terry Pratchett there, uh, in the title. But uh, there is a trailer. Yes, there is. Did you watch it? Oh, fuck yeah, I watched it. <laughs> this looks phenomenal. I watched the hell out of that trailer. Twice! Uh, <laughs> see, this gets me a little worried. I hate it when I like it too much. I shouldn't have watched it. I should have gone in cold, but we'll see. I liked how they actually did this trailer, how it was cut, because it, it it kind of just relies more on the friendship between uh, Azraphale and Crowley instead yeah. of actually talking about, you know, Agnes Nutter yeah. and the prophecies and all that stuff, which is, you know, kind of convoluted for a lot of the book. <laughs> but um, I, I look, if David Tennant's in anything, I will watch it. I fucking love David Tennant. He's one of my favorite actors, you know, hands down. And if you right. haven't seen it, by the way, check out Fright Night, the remake. He's so awesome in that. But as someone who has his original paperback copy of Good Omens, <laughs> that it's falling apart, I approve of this trailer. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. I like it, too. I cannot wait for this to come out. Did we have a date on it? It just said 2019, right? Yeah, 2019. We're not sure when it's going to come exactly yet. But the trailer is very nice, so fingers crossed. I might actually have to go read the book again because I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, and I just got a, an email from Netflix. November 2nd is the final season of House of Cards. So it cared no one. <laughs> yeah, I've seen tra or not trailers. I've seen posters all over L.A. for it, and I just kind of go, yeah, no, don't care. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to watch the first episode to figure out how they killed Kevin Spacey, and then after that, probably don't care. I think that's why everybody watched the Connors as well. Oh, is that on now? I think so. I've seen reviews all over the place about it. So it's either come out at least for reviewers, if not for the general public, that the first episode aired. So. Interesting, because I, I listened to Roseanne Barr on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast this week, and it was actually a really interesting, really interesting interview. I highly recommend checking it out. She's she's a loon, but she's got reasons to be a loon. I didn't know if you know that she was uh, hit by a car when she was a teenager and had like the hood ornament go into her brain. And completely changed her personality. Makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, things things like that. But yeah, it uh, it was a really good interview. She she got a little bug nutty at the end, but I thought she kind of stated her case pretty well. It was interesting. Right. Okay. Just saying, if you got nothing else to do for three hours because he can't do a short show like we used to. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> Pot okay. kettle black on Pot that kettle. one. <laughs> Right. All right. So last week, the music uh, law was signed into uh, by by Trump, the Music Modernization Act, as it's being called these days. And uh, I've been following this for a bit. This is actually a good thing. I uh, I wish Bittner were here so we could celebrate an accomplishment by Trump. Uh, this is going to <laughs> supposedly fix a lot of problems in the music industry, or at least modernize it, uh, making sure songwriters and artists receive royalties and songs recorded before 1972, because there previously wasn't uh, any protections for that. It's allocating royalties for music producers, which uh, needs to be done as well, especially in this day and age where the music producers are doing the 
bulk of the writing, more so than the artists are these days, uh, sadly, and updating licensing and royalty rules for streaming services to pay rights holders in a more streamlined fashion via new independent entity. Under the act, many music creators will have a more reliable way of collecting the money that they're due. So a lot of this money that's been kind of going into a black box that's a little bit unknown because of a lot of trickery that's going on between the labels and the streaming services will be brought out into the light a bit more. So we should see in theory, more money going into the hand of the actual artists. In theory is, yeah. is where we start. The devil is that. in the details, as we always talk about. Where's it, so. that other shoe? Yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on it, or certainly I will. But uh, the best part about all of this is, of course, Kanye West had to be there because he's making America great again. So he was there to <laughs> uh, visit the White House. And uh, he was filmed unlocking his iPhone for all the world to see using the password 000000. 000. Way to go, Kanye. Good insect there. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Kanye. Can you, can you just, I mean, I, yeah, I know we're ba- he's banned for Moron of the Week, but it's just so tempting sometimes. I know. It really is. But uh, there's great video of it. You can follow <laughs> the links in the show notes. You can see him entering his passcode. Yep. Just reminded me of Spaceballs. And, oh, yeah. Change the password <laughs> on my luggage. <laughs> the funny thing is, he's got an iPhone 10. It has face recognition. Yeah, but he still has a passcode, a bad one. (laughs) Oh, man. So this is interesting news. Winamp is coming back in 2019. Okay, they're going to start with like iOS and Android apps and and come back to the desktop, which is a good thing, because this morning I went to go. I went to the website for Winamp Mm -hmm. and there's a download link for, you know, the Mac version. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me go grab that. After digging around in the forums for a while, I finally found an installer. And as soon as I ran the installer, I get a window that pops up that says, MacUpdate.installer.app will damage your computer. You should eject the disk image. It contains the OSX.installcore.a malware. Oops. And it says, yes, it was downloaded from forums.winamp.com. Way to go. Yeah, I think I'll just be letting Winamp stay in the past. As much as I would dearly love to have an iTunes replacement. Oh, wait, I do. It's called Spotify. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't play your local media. No, but, you know, sadly, after all, I've gone over this countless times over the the course of this podcast, but my my library has been so destroyed by multiple iTunes crashes over the years that it's almost useless at this point. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. And uh, for podcasters out there, we highly recommend you check out the Pod News Daily Briefing. It's basically a bunch of good news on podcasting. Not the I, there's a there's another newsletter out there called Hot Pod by Nick Qua, which I don't really care for because he likes the mm. sound of his own voice too much. And his <laughs> James Cridlin does the Pod News newsletter. It is short. It is concise. And it gets to the goddamn point, which is what I want. <laughs> and it doesn't cover like all this NPR crap and Gimlet right. crap. It's like yeah. actual good news. Okay. So I highly recommend checking that out if you're into podcasting news. And speaking of other podcasting news, I was on a podcast this week. Were you? I was on the Legends and Losers podcast. Which one are you? See, that's that's pretty much what I don't know. <laughs> okay. Is it, does it become clear if I listen to the podcast? I don't know. I really don't. But it's, Does uh, it give you a judgment at the end? No, no, Chris. It's run Aww. by it's run by my friend Chris Lockhead, and we did a we just did a fun we had a really fun talk. I talked about the the math of porn and how porn ate itself, and how you can come back from a career in porn websites, although there is no career in porn websites anymore, so you don't <laughs> really have to worry about it. Thank you, Pornhub. 
But uh, yeah, we just talked for like 45 minutes. It was a it was a fun little show. So if you want to check that out, the link will I be in the show. I listened to it. You did a good job. Oh, you did listen. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. It was uh, it was pretty good. Now, speaking of good things, let's talk about the good place. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> After being bullied by our our listeners yes. that you need to watch this show, you finally gave in. I finally gave in, and as of this morning, I finished season one. Did you see the twist coming? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah, kind of did too. Kind of doesn't did, matter. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's funny. It's it's actually really good. It's it's nice and short, nice twenty two minute episodes. I was watching it on Netflix, even yep. though I'd already gone to Sweden and and got the whole thing. But then I'm like, ah, it's easier to watch on my iPad if I just go to Netflix and I pay for it. So, yeah, I've been watching like an episode or two here and there. One oh, one day I think I binged six of them. Right. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling so good, so I just laid in bed with my iPad and watched them. But it's a nice show. I like it. It's funny. It's- Far more subversive than I would have expected from a major uh, network show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to say, I'm into it. I can't wait to see what they do with the next season. Yeah, I've just uh, started season two, so it's it's continued quality for sure. You will uh, you will continue to enjoy this show. I got to say, I did not see the last bit coming, like the last like one minute of the show. Right. I did not see that twist coming at all, <laughs> but I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Now, not good stuff. Uh, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching real time with Bill Maher as I want to do. Definitely not good stuff, show. but I know you I like love, it. I love Bill. And uh, it rolled into a show called Pod Save America. And here I am, a podcaster, wondering why there's a TV show called Pod Save America. Yeah, yeah, because I'm there is a podcast called, called Why Pod There's Save a TV America. Show uh, called Pod Save America because yeah. it's uh, not a podcast. And uh, secondly. If you're going to go around trying to convince people that you should vote more liberal and uh, we got to get different people into office, I don't know if I'd send a bunch of white people off out there (laughs) without any diversity at all whatsoever and a bunch of white people talking about the problems with diversity and and one woman, token woman, the three white dudes mansplaining. Yeah, and and the the whole time they're just reading off of index cards. It was so engaging. I just couldn't take my eyes off. Oh yes, I could. Never mind. Yeah. I fast forwarded through most of it and skimmed around because it was they, it was they, really horrible. Oh, it was terrible, terrible. So then I did a little more research on them, and the guys who run it, you know, they're they're ex White House people. Like one of them is Obama's main speechwriter. So right. I mean, they've got chops, but yeah. stick to speech writing, dude. You are not a good podcaster. <laughs> I did or, not. Really, no. like, I just, I don't know what it, what it is about it, but it just right. kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, because you see, like, the podcast, like, on the website, you see the shots from them doing the podcast, and it literally is just white dudes. You can tell they drafted in a girl just for, because they realized we can't just HBO made dudes. them, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So, it was really bad. Yeah, it's and, one of the uh, most, speak- it's, it's actually one of the most popular podcasts out there. They're in the top no. 20 of iTunes regularly, so... I have no idea why from watching one episode. Maybe it was just a horrible episode, but it was crap. Yeah, and the sound was terrible for a podcast. <laughs> That's the other <laughs> Slash thing. TV show with yeah. a budget on HBO. Yeah, with a full, you know, theater full of people. Why, why, why won't people yeah. come see us in the theater? We're more engaging to them. At least we, at least we swear. And we're still just two white dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> HBO, yeah. give us a call. Let's make this and happen. 
Let's continue on with more disappointing news. I guess we're already done with any more real Bourdain episodes. I thought we had more, but we've already gone on to just tributes. So uh, I think that initial press release about us getting five or six different episodes and only three of them were fully done seems to have been bullcrap. So oh well, I've got them. I've got them banked. I just haven't had the. I haven't had the stomach for it yet. All right, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. It's just I'm uh, sure they are. Sad that uh, yeah. I thought we had a few more, like, not completely done, but still mostly travel and him episodes in the tank, and I guess we don't. So. Yeah, maybe they, like, got to the edit and were just like, yeah, we can't make it happen. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. This episode of Grumpy Old Geeks is brought to you in part by ButcherBox. ButcherBox. Who doesn't love ButcherBox? It seems like today everybody's either doing the keto or the no sugar, no grain diets. And what better way to do that than a big, gigantic box of incredibly healthy beef, chicken, and heritage bred pork? The incredible quality of ButcherBox meat starts with the commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones. Each box comes with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, a mixed box, or a custom box that lets you choose your own cuts. This is high-quality, healthy protein you can trust. 100% grass-fed and finished, free-range organic chicken, heritage-bred pork. That's old-world pork before they bred out all the fat and flavor to make it the other white meat. And ButcherBox bacon is sourced from heritage-breed pigs and is uncured, nitrate-free, and sugar-free. You can trust that you're giving the best food possible to your family and yourself. You're eating healthy, and you're eating high-quality meats. It's also incredibly convenient. Think of ButcherBox as your neighborhood butcher delivered right to your door on dry ice with free shipping anywhere in the 48 states. Choose your delivery frequency with a customizable subscription and recipes are available on the ButcherBox website and videos are available to follow along on the ButcherBox YouTube channel. Check out ButcherBox today. To get free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to ButcherBox.com GOG and enter promo code GOG. The library. It has been ages since I finished a book. I'm still working on the uh, Christopher Moore noir, which is disappointing me to no end. So I had to walk away from it for a while. And uh, I tried another nonfiction book that I'm still working my way through and bored the hell out of me too. So walking away from that for a while. So I went back to read a classic. Uh, I like classic sci-fi a lot. I've gone back and read the Dune series by Frank Herbert multiple times. I love the Isaac Asimov Foundation series. I'll even turn my nose up in disgust at the name Orson Scott Card and go back and revisit the (laughs) Ender's Game series because it's just that good. Uh, But one series that I have sadly just never seemed to return to after initially reading through them was the uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. And uh, I read it. Because the timing seems right. It's the, what, 20th, 40th anniversary of the movie? Jesus, how old is that movie now? I don't know. It's the anniversary of the movie. One of the things I never knew at the time was that actually he was writing it in conjunction with the movie. Um, The only major difference is they changed the planet in the movie that you go to. But uh, this was written kind of as a screenplay going forward, but then, you know, just turned into a book as well. it's phenomenal. I, I don't know why I've stayed away from this for so long. It was it it, it some parts of it are a bit aged, as you could imagine. Uh, but uh, overall, especially given all the discussions that we have on this show about AI, this is a damn good read. <laughs> okay, if you say so. I just it was never really one that uh, after seeing the movie, I never really cared because I never liked the movie. So, uh, is the book better than the movie? 
The movie is considered a classic by a bunch of wanky people that really love slow moving stuff that didn't age very well. Okay. <laughs> it wow, is a classic. Zing. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to get a lot of shit for that one. Uh, it's beautiful, but it's kind of more of a tone poem. While this is just the story, man. Okay. And yeah, you have to read it. It isn't it isn't 30 minutes of monkeys chattering and throwing bones up in the air. It is the thoughts of these creatures. So it is better. Books are always better than movies, with yeah. some exceptions. But yes, I think you would actually really enjoy reading the book. Okay. And I don't know if this was ever made into a movie. If it is, I've, I've never seen it. But uh, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. I don't know if it was made into a movie either. Yeah, I went back and read. This would be perfect for Netflix. Come on, guys, get on it. I went back and reread this. I reread this book like once a year because it's just one of my favorite books of all time. Mm-hmm. And it it still has legs for me. I don't know why. I just really, really love that book. So right. if you have if you've never read Stranger in a Strange Land, get on it because it is like a super classic. It's up there in my top ten books of all time. Right. Oh, and, one other thing I just want to mention really quickly about two thousand one, the difference between the book and the movie. Uh I think since the movie has been out, it has been a fun topic of stoner conversation to question what the hell happened at the end of the movie because it's so unclear. It is not unclear at all in the book. We okay. know exactly what happened. And uh, so read the damn book, and we know. <laughs> there we go. Stoners can't read, dude. That's right, eh? Moron of the week! I long for the day of the big red button website. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? It was nothing but a big red button, and I it went do. viral before we even knew what viral was. Yep. Yeah, well, somebody's trying to bring back that uh, that feeling, but of course, it being this new culture they're monetizing it (laughs) (laughs) so this is a website called who paid 99 cents.com and if you pay 99 cents you can see everybody else that paid 99 cents to see who paid 99 cents wow this kind of reminds me of the million dollar homepage. remember when you could buy a pixel for a dollar and they got exactly kid kid made a million bucks yep and And they actually reference it the the creators of the site in an interview talk about the million dollar homepage. yeah yeah now that guy did uh Oh, what's that meditation app? I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, there's so many of them these days. Yeah. Know. Yeah. But he's now he's doing meditation apps. So. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, I don't want to pull a Donald Trump in the uh, in the uh, campaign debates here. But wouldn't it be funny if someone hacked the 99 cents website and got all their card information? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I take it I, you didn't pay 99 cents? Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't want to pay 99 cents to find out who else paid 99 cents. But, uh, you know, it would be ironic if somebody didn't pay any money at all to find out all the people that paid 99 cents. Yeah, isn't it ironic? But luckily, <laughs> they probably can't get too much data. Name, email. Oh, well, credit card, obviously. Uh, it depends on if they use Stripe or not. Right. Yes, it's made by a company called Thinko from Brooklyn, New York. Computer Entertainment Studio. Mm-hmm. I kind of like their website, though. It does c- kind of... A little retro, a little retro. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, I love that there is an interview. That's the link in our show notes. And the, the interview asked him, would you consider adding more features to the site? And instead of just saying, why would we? This is it. That is it is. There's a like five paragraph like meta. Look how cool I am. But it is what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, they are using Stripe. So they're not going to get uh, you're not going to get any credit card data from them. Because Stripe's okay. pretty locked down. There you go. I got to say, though, man, I, if you haven't used Stripe for anything, oh, my God, it is so much nicer than anything that we ever had back in the day. 
I haven't done uh, any actual work with credit card processing in ages, so I, I can imagine it would be because, God, that was a nightmare back in the day. It's such a nightmare. Stripe, all the money that they're valued at and all the investment that they've gotten, they deserve every single penny of it. <laughs> it makes so many people's lives so much easier. And what I love is if I go to another site and just pop in my email address, it'll automatically like just send me a two-factor auth to my phone and say, hey, you just want to sign up, you know, you want to pay with that? And I'm like, yeah, done. Yeah. Easy, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. <laughs> now, another moron here. Were you ever a Blink-182 fan? I can't see you being one, but I, I uh, guess I should ask. I'm not a fan. I, I thought they were clever in their own way. I put them in the same category as like, uh, I don't know, what's that? Uh, they might be giants or something like that. They're kind of a joke little rock band. I have to say, though, they did one song with The Cures, Robert Smith, and I did really enjoy that song. Okay. But that's mostly because it was Robert Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom DeLonge, the uh, the founder of the, the band Blink-182, is also mm-hmm. a ufologist. Mm-hmm. He, he likes the UFOs, as it were. Yes. UFOs for regular people. And he wrote a book about it a while ago and uh, then started a new company mm-hmm. trying to get investment for some of the... The crazy shit that he was thinking of. I believe we uh, talked about him in this very section when he first announced that, yeah. And it turns out the company is running at a deficit now of $37,432,000. Shocking that crazy people wouldn't be able to run a company well. Very shocking. Also shocking, I smell a Blink-182 reunion in the air. (laughs) The reunion tour, here we go. (laughs) Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers, Don and Corey. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we got a comment from Mark, and it says, I work for these dudes, so I'm probably biased, but I think this is pretty cool. And it's uh, over on RedHat.com. Red Hat welcomes Milestone Edition to Open Invention Network as Microsoft joins to safeguard Linux from patent attacks, which I didn't see coming. Me either. Good on you, Microsoft. Good on you, Microsoft. Pretty cool news. Eric also wrote us, Hi Grumps, not sure if you've ever mentioned this before, but since people keep on asking for ambient music, Music for Programming is a podcast, in quotes, by Dataset, providing a free monthly one or two hour listen. This is a link to their site, and it's at musicprogramming.net. Listen to a few minutes of it. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually musicforprogramming.net. Oh, sorry. Musicforprogramming.net. I really like the uh, the website, though. It's got a nice uh, design of uh, Sublime. It's pretty cool. Reminds me of my coding days, which gives me PTSD. Change it. (laughs) And then I need to listen to the music to calm down again. Exactly. Sharif writes in, yay, another episode of GOG. I feel like my week has become a roller coaster of excitement when a new episode comes out, followed by a dive into sadness once the episode is over and the next episode comes out. Yes, I'm a sad little man. Well, sorry about your roller coaster this week because it was a little (laughs) late coming out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And over on PayPal, we got recurring payments from both Linda and Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Over on Twitter, Paul writes in, the whole Google engineer who went to Uber thing was worse than we thought. It's from 26, back from 2016. And it's a Jalopnik article that says, the engineer in the Google versus Uber stolen tech case really was terrible. Now, (laughs) there's some new stories in here because there's a new article out. I think it was in New York Magazine. Mm -hmm. And... The interesting thing is like how this guy was just breaking all the rules and saying, look, you know, we don't care about safety. This is technology. We need to make new stuff. And he got in a fight with one of his coworkers because while this guy was on maternity leave, uh, Lewandowski actually started running the self-driving cars on routes that were not approved. So to hey, prove his move point, fast and break things, right? Well, it gets even better than that. <laughs> so 
speaking of breaking things, he's like, okay, I'm going to take you for a ride to show you what I've done, and it's going to be great, and then you'll understand. Well, in the course of that ride, <laughs> they got into a into a thing with a Toyota Corolla, and uh, Lewandowski had to actually like take over the wheel and jerk the card so hard, the his passenger slammed into the side of the car and basically, you know, ruined his spine to the point where he had to have multiple surgeries. But hey, we got to break things. Yeah, that's right. People and cars and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Laws, you know, who cares? Yeah, and at the end of the the very end of the Jalopnik article is my favorite quote. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Way to go Jalopnik. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Snowflake AF sends new Pennsylvania bill will find drone operators up to $300 for invading privacy. And this is over on the digital photography review. Uh, good. We should have rules like this. I, I'm, I'm into this. Absolutely. Yep. Judge writes in, now public phone charging stations with Wi-Fi and a public use tablets have popped up in the city of Manchester. What could go wrong? And he sent us a picture of uh, one of these, like... Uh, like BT charging stations with Wi-Fi yep. where you can do stuff. And uh, yeah, really, what could go wrong? Look, uh, it's been a fad recently here in L.A. that uh, fancy ass hipster restaurants are giving you tablets instead of menus and you can just order off of them. It's flu season, fuckers. Yes, it is. What the who? <laughs> nobody wants a public touch tablet. No one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. We had that in Toronto, too, on the airport. I should have should have wiped that down with some You got to wipe those down. Yep. Seriously, because there was nobody walking around with, you know, like antibacterial wipes in between uses because there just wasn't. Because, you know, you'd have to pay for that. Yeah. And uh, Jorge writes us, guys, look what I just discovered in Mexico City. It was just a matter of time. And there are some birds. Well, well, have fun in Mexico City with that. Yeah. And Moss 6502 writes in, here's a Kickstarter to make JP Def crankier. And it is a Kickstarter for the (laughs) Varam, a smart robot for your pet. It's cute, but Bam Bam would eat that in 10 seconds. 10 seconds, that thing would last. But you can buy a three-pack if you want. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. but I think the first one after she eats the plastic would probably kill her. So I think I'm going to pass on this robot. All right. Sean writes us, afternoon, gents. Have you seen this? A mysterious gray hat is patching people's outdated microtech routers. Well, a Russian-speaking gray hat hacker is breaking into people's routers and patching them so they can't be abused by crypto jackers, botnet herders, or other cyber criminals. I think that's that's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. And we talked about this on security with with Bittner a while ago. And it's like, it's a thin line that he's he's riding right there. I guess yes. that's why he's a gray hat. But yes. he's still he's still breaking into other people's routers, you know, and modifying yes, them. <laughs> so, hmm, interesting. Mm, yeah. TJ writes in, Mobike Dockless Bikes Pulls Out of Manchester. And there's a BBC article on this. And it's, it's pretty funny because it, it, it was... Uh, there were a lot of crimes that the police were called out for, over 400. Yeah, yeah. The incidents included thefts, damage to the bikes themselves, and also included suspected offenders using mobikes to get around. Rowdy or inconsiderate behavior also appears frequently in the data. Well, that's just Manchester. I'm sorry. Well, Have you I been mean, to Manchester? What, again, that's what friend of the show, Fergal, always said about Dublin. It's like, you're never going to see these things in Dublin. They'll all end up in the river every single night. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And over at GOG.show, Peter writes in, Howdy, geeks. Thanks again for mentioning my post about the AS400. I was hoping you guys might be able to discuss this with Papa Bittner. Now, we're going to pass on Papa Bittner on this one because I think we can take this one. Uh, He's wiping himself from the Internet. So he's going through and trying to find all instances of himself. And Mm -hmm. he came across a site called FastPeopleSearch.com, which is kind of the same thing as the site that I mentioned last week. 
Yeah. And it's just another one where you can put your name in and get public records and see what's out there. And he's freaked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> he's absolutely freaked out because his grandmother was in there, 87 years old. And, you know, she's probably never been online, never had a Facebook account. And he's just kind of freaked out because people can find her exact location based on his data because they show cohorts. You know, I, I put my stuff in here this morning and you came up as a possible cohort. Bob Fogarty came up and a bunch of my friends. So yeah, you can just I did walk myself through. as well. And uh, we're talking girl for ex-girlfriends from college. Yeah, it had, it had my ex-girlfriend Missy in there. From I, I was dating her when I was 24. That's 23 years ago. And she's still in there. I don't, I don't even know where she's at, but they do. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they'd like you to know, though, that knowing someone's true identity helps you to protect your family and friends from being taken advantage of. So they're helping us stay safe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Bullshit. So uh, what I did was I just went in and removed myself from the database. And everybody can do that. So there's a link if you it, they don't make it easy to find, but you have to go to the terms of service. And at the ah. very top, at the very top of the terms of service, there is a link to remove, and then you have to sign a form saying that you are that person. Do the right. "I am not a robot" trick, and then search for yourself. And then when the when it comes up, just hit remove, and it said it'll be removed in 24 hours. So I will try before the next show and see if I was actually removed or not. <laughs> but yeah, just nice. just anytime you see these things, just get yourself off of them. Yeah, I mean, it is terrifying, but it, again, it is almost always public data. It's things like rental records or if you buy a property or blah, blah, blah. So it's 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 going to be a never-ending battle to keep getting yourself removed from these things. The phone number is the annoying one. I yeah. really don't like them having my phone number out there. Yep. Well, what you going to do? What a wonderful world we've made for ourselves. <laughs> Barrett writes us, one of my first post-college jobs was at Goodyear working with the AS400 and RPG ported from a system slash 36. That was back in 1993, last touched in AS400 in 2011, working overseas for my current job. The 400 is still the back end for a lot of companies. I rarely ever touch one, but they do come to me often when old COBOL code has issues. They went from being the size of a big closet to now running on virtual machines. Oh, so you can actually run it on a virtual machine. That was one thing that... Uh... Peter was saying that he couldn't do so. Maybe there is a yeah. way now that you can run it on a VM, but it's yeah. It's, it's a, I think it's a different architecture. It's not just regular Intel. You know, I think they have their own chips in them. But I have to look into that one. And Gordy writes in, "Yes, Jason, the AS four hundred still exists. It's changed names a couple times, but it's still a powerful mid range computer." And uh, blah blah blah. At the end of it, he says, uh, "RPG on IBM for newbies and upgraders part one, which is a class that you can take from IBM." It's, a, it's for beginning RPG, and there's probably other courses on there, but the link for that will be in the show notes. Peter, if you want to go check it out. Yep, there you go. Houston writes us, love the show and the grumpiness. I think you all would love the Canadian comedy show Letterkenny. The first two seasons are on Hulu, and I'm sure Sweden enjoys the show. Quick and witty dialogue combined with some unique characters. I laugh constantly, and I'm sure I don't understand half the Canadian jokes. Stay grumpy. I have seen the show. It is quite funny. So Okay, cool. My stamp of approval. All righty. Gabe writes in, remember the catching of the Golden State Killer using a DNA match of a relative from a direct-to-consumer DNA testing company? Well, there is now data to back up the at-the-time speculation that this type of search could be scarily effective in this recent Science Journal article. And it is yes. identity inference of genomic data using long-range familial searches, which is kind of something we talked about at the top of the show. Yep. Woo! Yeah, go, it's, it's a dense one, but go check it out. Yep, check it out. 
Peter, Google just gets it, right? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's pretty good, but at least once or twice a week, I search for something where I want all the words that I specify to show up in the results, and Google conveniently leaves out the most important one. I mean, yeah, it's more accurate than Siri, but still, dot, dot, dot. What are you using then, Bing? <laughs> By the way, you put a plus in front of the word with the qu- in quotation marks, and it's required to be in the search. Yep. So problem solved. There you go. And nowadays, I'm seeing at the bottom of the search results, if they're leaving out words, Mm-hmm. It'll tell you which words they've yeah. left out and you can require them. But yeah, yeah, just use the use the power user commands and you'll make it use all your words. Yep. Cyber Illusion writes in, Hey guys, love the show. I've been listening for a few months now and thought it was past time for me to throw in my support on Patreon. Woohoo, thank you very much. My grump of the day is with CBS. I will be canceling their video subscription service and digitally waltzing my ass over to Sweden for the shows I want to watch. This is in response to them killing an awesome free Star Trek fan project that was starting to pick up steam. And this is another one of those, you know. Look, if CBS wasn't going to kill it, Paramount would have. This is a copyright issue. They own it. You can't just do whatever you want with it. It is a copyright issue, unfortunately. It is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's the reality. Like, (laughs) it's like saying, I really like Kanye. I'm just going to recreate all of his songs and release them. I mean, you can, but you have to pay him for it. And I'm, you know, I'm sure the CBS wants to protect their brand. They don't want other people out there making their stuff. They paid money for this. They bought in on the license to use it. Yeah. And it's, this is like a VR thing too. It's like somebody's recreating the the bridge of the enterprise. Yeah. Which is funny because you could have just asked me and I'd have given you my VR ML files that I have for (laughs) the, the bridge of the enterprise and engineering because we recreated the whole ship in VR ML in 1996. Or seven? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You could have just had my VR at the files. behest of Paramount. Yes, because Paramount paid us to make it. <laughs> yes, that's how it works. <laughs> Martin writes us, guys, just wanted to continue on with Jason's chair saga. Thought you might enjoy. And this is a link over to Laughing Squid. Nine colorful office chairs autonomously perform a choreographed dance upon a highly polished floor. Good times. Yeah. Okay. I liked it. It's cute. Uh, <laughs> they're really... Jason does not have a highly polished floor in his garage. I do not. And I can't make fun of it because my friend Lori is the one that posted it. <laughs> so I just, I did these link sites just drive me crazy sometimes. Anyway, Benjamin writes in, I feel like I'm not allowed to ask you guys questions unless I've subscribed through Patreon. Now that I have <laughs> VPN, I know it's important. What's a good service and how do you set one up? Sorry if you've already covered this on an older podcast episode. Mm, it's on our website. It's everywhere on our website, on every page that you go to. Well, no, he could have an ad blocker on, in which case you wouldn't see it. No, no, actually, it's in text on every oh. single page on the website. If you go to GOG.show and you go to any single one, here's the easy one. Go to GOG.show slash VPN. That'll, yep. that'll get you right there. That's the one we like. That's the one we like. And it is also linked on every single one that says, The Grumpy Old Geeks Prefer Private Internet Access for All Your VPN Needs. That is on every page of the website as well. <laughs> so uh, I thank you, Benjamin, and I thank you for your Patreon support, and I highly recommend going to check out Private Internet Access. It's what we all use. Yes, excellent. Uh, Mark writes us in episode 264. You were mentioning that there were very few studio sets left of the USS Enterprise. How? We must have banged on about the USS Enterprise bridge for a while. Okay. And how much you would like to be physically on one? The link I provided is a location called Star Trek Tours located in Ticaronder- Ticonderoga. 
Ticonderoga, New York. There's actually a USS Ticonderoga, by the way. Yes, there is, actually. That's right. Uh, The assistant set designer of the original Star Trek TV series, who is also an Elvis impersonator, was given the original (laughs) set blueprint specs of the Star Trek Enterprise. He had recreated all of the sets and designs based on the original blueprints, a must-see for any Star Trek fan. Not only did I sit on the bridge of the USS Enterprise, but also sat in Captain Kirk's chair. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Mark. Okay. I wonder how this guy hasn't gotten sued out of existence. Uh, he's probably not charging people very much to get in there. Ah, uh, could be. Let's see. It's His website is very slow to load. Oh, it might use Flash. Okay. No way. Oh, he does have a lot of... He's uh, got uh, accurate reproductions. Okay, I like it. I like it. Oh, man. We got to go. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> okay, patreon.com slash GOG. We got a field trip. We got to get our asses over to Ticonderoga. This looks so It does so look pretty cool. good. It does look... <laughs> Looks pretty nice. Oh, but, yeah, okay. Twenty two fifty for a ticket. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. And you have to go to Taikaranda, New York. <laughs> oh man. Jeffrey writes in during your week forty one episodes, you mentioned that you did not like LastPass, but rather another password keeper. Can you link to why not LastPass and then the password keeper you suggest? Uh, I will not go dig up those LastPass articles because I don't know where the hell they are. That was a long time ago. But I will tell you right now that 1Password is what we recommend. Yes. One-time advertisers with us. They mm-hmm. should come back. They should. Yeah. They should give us more money. Use, uh, <laughs> yes, we both use them. Uh, it's it's our go-to. So, Mark writes in, hey, guys, where do I submit news tips? Is the contact us okay? Obviously, because we're reading it now. <laughs> I guess the first sex bot brothel will be on Mars. And this is a link to this, the well-known and well-respected sun over in the UK. <laughs> and why I will never have a smart assistant in my home. And this is a link over to the Wall Street Journal. And I'm unfortunately over my free article limit, so I couldn't read it yet. Uh, but from this article, uh, man, why am I getting these names today? Regan Mordian was sitting on her bed crying one day after having just quit her job, listening to music. And when she said she heard a voice tell her it's going to be okay, the words might have been comforting had she not heard them from Alexa, Amazon's voice assistant, which powers the Echo Dot speaker on her nightstand. We actually covered this in uh, security we last week. So, mm-hmm. we yes. did. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, Wall Street Journal, man. Too much money. <laughs> I, wish, I wish it was cheaper. Yeah, wasn't Bezos supposed to fix that? Yeah. No, no, no. He's, he's the Washington Post. Oh, he's the Post. All right. Yeah. I thought that was, is that part of my Amazon Prime membership yet? <laughs> no, it's not, unfortunately. Should be. Should be. Over on iTunes, The Carrot Farmer writes in, and this is from Great Britain, like Marmite, and I love it. Great for keeping me abreast of the lunatic ideas in the world of IT. They cover topics from the world of IT and the masterminds who are crazy enough to think that they will change the world. These two IT legends are the perfect condiment to your daily life commute. Commute long, live the scooters and all. Uh, Hang on. Oh, I guess we know if you're a a loser or a legend now, Jason. Uh, Yes, that's right. IT legends, that's us. (laughs) Yes, and K.R. Gant gave us a five-star rating as well. Excellent podcast. Whether needing a good commute podcast or a primer to this week's tech news, nothing is better than GOG. Even suburban soccer moms approve. All right. Excellent. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and a snarky review. Closing shout outs. Another shout out to Paul Allen. Rest in peace. You will be missed. And thank you so much for Microsoft 3.1, which ruined my childhood. <laughs> Everybody's. <laughs> and a shout out to Canada. Weed has gone legal there today. So I just bought a whole lot of futures in poutine. There you go. Oh, God, poutine now. Oh, now, damn it. Now I'm hungry. 
<sighs> Thanks again to Chris Lockhead for having me on his show. And uh, because I want to end on a high note, this is uh, I, I found this one on Twitter, but Tim, actually, a friend of the show, Tim, sent us in a better link for to YouTube. And it's uh, it is a dancing robot dog. It is terrifying and hilarious, and it's just – it's one of the it, – I thought it was the best thing on the internet yesterday. So highly recommend you go check out the link in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFillip. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are GOG.show slash 290. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, get links to stuff we like, including the VPN we like. Yes. A reminder. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.